Gonzaga Nation SI on the Gonzaga Nation Media Network. I'm your host, Dan Dickow, and we are starting to get into not quite the dog days of summer. I would say that's probably uh, mid to late July, uh, although at that point in time, you might start hearing a little bit of rumblings as far as who Gonzaga is evaluating, who's recruiting. Um, but you're starting to get where the, the news flow is a little bit slower coming out of college basketball, uh, and in particular Gonzaga. And so much of that is because the transfer portal is just about done with its movement. The NIL kind of offers that are going out to different players um, is not drying up necessarily, but it is slowing down. Most players will know what their preseason or <laughs> offers are if they begin to play well some other offers might pop up nil wise uh, early in the season or even during the season depending on how much time a player has to take advantage of those but with today's episode i wanted to quickly take a look at the schedule that gonzaga has and, and what people can look forward to or what to expect with the upcoming opponents obviously we know what the WCC season entails. Um, you're going to play a full slate. There's going to be a couple teams that you won't play home and away because they want to do open up the opportunities for more non-conference games. And I think that's that, uh, that's great. I think the league has done a good job of um, following Gonzaga's lead and scheduling tough when needed and making sure you have enough, uh, I don't want to call them buy wins for every team in the league, but enough wins to kind of uh, solidify uh, your win-loss schedule. And, and with that, you know, I've had a number of co conversations with coaches throughout the league, and, you know, they're looking at the formula of get quad one, quad two opportunities outside of your typical Gonzaga and St. Mary's uh, opportunities. And if each team in the league raises their level um, in the analytics, being the Ken Palm, being the, the net rankings, you know, there's going to become more and more, um, maybe not necessarily quad one wins in the league uh, outside of your Gonzaga and, and your St. Mary's. Although if you get a road win, um, you know, those, those will be bolstered or actually a home win against one of those two schools, your numbers will be bolstered. Um, but if you can really get a lot of quad two opportunities by the league being so good, and really eliminate those quad four losses. Now you're really looking at uh, the strength of each team in the league, uh, really elevating in many of those analytics. But we'll take a quick look at the schedule. Um, you know, Gonzaga does what they've always done, and, and that's schedule a preseason tournament um, and some great marquee non-conference games. And then, you know, you're going to get the, the sprinkled in home games with uh, teams that are from your lower level con conferences. Uh, it just is what it is. You know, those are buy games where a lot of those schools um, get paid to come to Spokane and that allows their athletic departments to fund a lot of different things. It may, might fund uh, a big portion of their basketball program. It might help uh, fund um, the athletic department itself. You look at what Texas Southern has done for a long time in the SWAC. They've played one of the most difficult non-conference schedules. They sometimes will take 
zero road games up until the conference season. And they'll travel to Michigan State, to Kansas. They've been to Gonzaga a number of times, Indiana, Purdue. They'll go all over the place um, and play these buy games where they make money for their program and their athletic department. Um, and so their record might not look great at all when they get into conference play, but they're battle tested, they're prepared, um, they've played against high level competition. So then when they get in the SWAC, they're ready to go. And you've seen it many times. They've made the NCAA tournament a lot over the last 10, 12 years um, since they've really kind of taken this formula and, and gone all in with it, so to speak. But and, you know, Gonzaga's fan base at times gets disappointed with those games, but they're a necessary beast to building out your schedule. You, know, you got to give guys breaks. A lot of times you'll see those sandwiched in between uh, really good marquee opponents. A lot of times you'll see those right before or right after um, finals before guys go home um, for a couple of days for Christmas break. But, you know, the, the non-conference tournament this season is going to be the PK 85 down in Portland, which is the tournament that Nike hosts with Nike schools. There's two separate eight team men's team tournaments. And then there's a added women's uh, side of the tournament this year. And this is hosted by Nike. It's honoring their founder, uh, Phil Knight. They, they ran the event, the PK 80, uh, five years ago down in Portland, where it was split games between the Memorial Coliseum and what is called Moda. But to me, it's just the Rose Garden. It was split between those two venues this year. They've also added the University of Portland as a venue, as University of Portland is actually in the tournament based on their relationship with Nike. Portland State, Oregon State are also in the tournaments, um, not necessarily the, the bracket that Gonzaga is in, uh, being Portland. Uh, because they're possible conference opponents down this down once they get in the WCC play. But uh, that will be fun. That's sandwiched right around the Thanksgiving period. Um, so I'm sure there's going to be a lot of Gonzaga fans that travel down there. If you want tickets, you better get them early because last time it was uh, an unbelievable atmosphere. It was an unbelievable event. Uh, tickets were hard to come by. If you didn't get them early, um, you were going to pay premium dollar uh, above face value later on. So uh, brackets, uh, the the teams in each bracket is announced, but the matchups have not been announced yet. In Gonzaga's um, bracket, <clears throat> their eight-team tournament, it's awesome. Uh, you've got Duke. Obviously, Coach K is retired. Coach John Shire has taken over, and his recruiting class is, <laughs> is unreal. Derek Lively, Derek Whitehead, um, he just had a, another commit from next year's class, Tyrese Proctor, um, uh, reclassified to be on campus this year. So um, John Shire's loaded up with Duke and the Blue Devils. They'll be in Gonzaga's bracket. Florida, obviously, uh, they've got a head coach in Todd Golden, who is very comfortable and knows Gonzaga very well, having spent the last couple of years at the helm at USF after playing at St. Mary's. So that's going to be awesome to see Todd Golden back on the West Coast. Purdue with Matt Painter. Uh, granted, they lost Jaden Ivey, uh, who will be a probable uh, fourth or fifth pick in the NBA draft in the next couple of weeks. But Matt Painter does a great job in the Big Ten. Um, Xavier, um, always a good program out of the Big East. West Virginia, Bobby Huggins and the Mountaineers will be coming out to the Portland area. And then you've got Oregon State 
out of the Pac-12, and you've got Portland State out of the big sky. So those are the, the teams that will be in Gonzaga's uh, bracket in the PK-85. That's going to be an awesome event. Looking at the other non-conference opponents that Gonzaga has um, announced that they will be playing, some of the dates are already announced. So if they're the tickets are on sale, you better get them early if you want great seats. Uh, if the tickets aren't on sale, keep an eye on for when those will be going on sale. And uh, the first big marquee game of the year is a return game. Last season, Chris Beard in year one came to Spokane and Drew Timmy put an absolute hurting on the Longhorns. Gonzaga dominated from start to finish. I uh, don't have the numbers in front of me, but Timmy had something like 37 points, 15 rebounds. He was unbelievable. Uh, he was dominant, uh, you know, but Texas, they're a good ball, basketball team. Um, Chris Beard is a tremendous basketball coach. This is the first big test of the season for Gonzaga. It will be on the road in Austin on November 16th. That will be a fun one to watch um, and see an early look about how some of the young guys such as Hickman and Salas uh, elevate into roles uh, of, of more importance, how the newcomers like Efton Reed, Malachi Smith blend in with Rajir Bolton, Drew Timmy, um, Anton Watson, and um, Julian Strother. That's going to be fun to see. Next big game that's going to be coming up on Gonzaga's non-conference schedule that has been released or announced and there are others that I know that are in conversations. I, I'm not at liberty to share what those are, but, um, you know, Gonzaga is always trying to add high level games. Um, you know, many times these games take a couple years in the works to figure out when it would work based on other programs also having commitments. Sometimes these come together in a matter of, of a couple phone calls. Um, and so there's different ways, but I know Gonzaga does everything they can to have a marquee uh, schedule each season. But next big opponent coming up will be Baylor, December 2nd, uh, rematch of the title game from a couple years ago. Baylor continues to be, you know, one of the elite programs across the country. Uh, and I love where this game is being played. It's being played at Sanford Pentagon in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And if you've never been to that gym, Gonzaga played against, uh, I believe it was Iowa a couple of years ago uh, when COVID kind of made teams kind of really reshuffle their deck and their lineup of, of where they played and how they played and when they played and scheduled the games. But if you've never been to a game at the Pentagon in South Dakota, you've got to go. It is one of my absolute favorite gyms across the country. Uh, you know, it is, it's unique. It's got uh, a community-based feel, uh, but it's got a big-time feel, but a throwback feel. And what I mean by that is it's got a community feel and the fact that there is essentially youth courts all around the outside of the main court facility. Um, so there's maybe seven, eight, nine courts where uh, it is a hub of activity for youth basketball in the area. Um, and then the main court itself has a as a throwback feel, kind of like um, something you would see in Hoosiers, uh, you know, where the crowd is really down on top of you. The, the stands, the bleachers go up quickly. Uh, it's got the, the, the stain and the, the, the floor style looks like something that would have been uh, in, a, in a gym in the Midwest, you know, in the 40s, 50s, or 60s. It's really great. It's really unique to see. The scoreboard has that feel the, on, the, on the baseline when you look up at it. 
Um, it is really tremendously unique. I've had a chance to call a couple games there for my broadcasting work, the Division II title, national national title games a couple different times on Westwood One Radio. And every time I go in there, um, I love it. It is a great atmosphere, a great setting. So if you get a chance, you got to go to that game in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. It's tough to get to. From Spokane, you probably fly either through Denver and on on United or you go Minneapolis and down on Delta, but well worth the effort if you can make it. Uh, following big game after that that's been announced and released is University of Washington, the Huskies on December 9th at home. That game was canceled a year ago due to some COVID issues within the, the Husky program, but Coach Mike Hopkins got them turned around as the season went on last year. They just announced a, a big-time transfer in Keon Brooks from Kentucky. Uh, you know, with all the player movement across college basketball, uh, you got to keep your best players uh, with your program. You got to go out and get talent. Mike, Mike Hopkins obviously went out and got talent with Keon Brooks. It'll be interesting to see how they come together. In years past, they've been a ton of zone based on Hopkins' um, pedigree of playing for Jim Beheim and coaching alongside Jim Beheim at Syracuse for years. But he went away from it at times last year. They played a little bit more man-to-man than, than maybe a lot of people would have expected or, or thought would happen. Um, but that was always a fun rivalry game when the Huskies come to town or when Gonzaga goes to Seattle. So that you got to circle that one. That will be a good game. Uh, next up on Gonzaga's non-conference marquee matchups will be Alabama. The Crimson Tide came in to the state of Washington last year played Gonzaga in the battle in Seattle in Seattle and took it to the Zags. Maybe the only game that uh, Gonzaga really struggled getting going throughout last year. Uh, Jaden Shackelford had a big game. Uh, Quinterly was, was difficult. Um, JD Davidson, um, who was a freshman who's now in the NBA draft. He, he really kind of had an explosive night they took it to Gonzaga. They beat them in Seattle. Gonzaga returns the favor, but it's not on campus in Tuscaloosa. It is in Birmingham on December 17th. So I like the fact that, um, you know, Alabama's willing to come all the way to the West Coast and, and play Gonzaga in Seattle. And then Gonzaga is going to return the game uh, in Birmingham. Uh, Coach Nate Oates at Alabama, uh, he has a tremendous backstory. You know, eight, 10, about 10 years ago, he was a, a high school coach in the Detroit area, Romulus High School, um, where if you read some articles uh, from his time first at Buffalo and then at Alabama, uh, talked about how he really poured into the kids in his program and built that program. It was a good program before, but he built it even more. Uh, and he really kind of helped kids get opportunities at the next level. Through his kind of help and recruiting of some of his players became, uh, you know, kind of really ingrained with a number of college staffs. Bobby Hurley, who was at, at Buffalo at the time, hired Nate Oates. A couple of years later, Bobby Hurley goes to Arizona State. Nate Oates takes over, gets them back to the NCAA tournament. That's where I got a chance to meet Coach Oates for the first time when I was covering uh, the, the Boise pod in the NCAA tournament. And we sat there and we're talking pregame, uh, learning a little bit more about his team and how they played. And Buffalo was analytically driven was matchup driven and they played a positionless style. And he flat out told me, we're going to beat Arizona tomorrow. And I kind of had that uh, little chuckle. He goes, no, 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 listen, I like this matchup. Our guards 
are smaller, but they're as good, they're as skilled, they're as confident as Arizona's. Um, and our bigs are going to give Arizona's bigs, in particular DeAndre Ayton, nightmares because they got to figure out ways to guard us. Yeah, we have to guard them. We're going to do some things, change some things up, make it difficult on Arizona, but they have to guard us. And I don't think they can guard us. Lo and behold, he was right. Buffalo was tremendous that day. Uh, a couple of years later, Alabama job opens up. Nate Oates takes over there for Avery Johnson, and he's doing a really good job. They were a little sporadic last year, up and down. Um, but at the end of the day, Nate Oates is doing a great job at, at Alabama. So um, just a little quick insight and outlook for the non-conference portion of Gonzaga's schedule in 2022-23. So for Gonzaga Nation SI on the Gonzaga Nation Media Network, appreciate you joining. Like, subscribe, review, whether it's on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the different platforms. We appreciate you bringing content or checking out our content. We've got a lot of announcements coming up in the near future. Take care. Have a great day.